0: Ba, ba. Here we go, the John Curley, Sherry Elliker show, starring Sherry Elliker and now the late Rocco Wells, Sherry, and the teeny tiny lady in the pickle jar. Here comes the news. We got it for you, David. All right. Well, look at that, huh? What do you know? World Health Organization uh, abandons the next step of inquiry into the origins of COVID. <laughs> After growing frustrated at China's refusal to cooperate. Oh, my God. They Originally, the World Health Organization carrying the water for China and lying to the world and then deciding, oh, you know, we, we're going to look into this. The United States decided they would do an investigation into it, and they came out with it. It was nine pages altogether and basically said, well, experts still are disagreeing. It could have come from the lab or it could have come from the wet market a couple of miles away. Still not sure. That's like saying the coin could have landed heads or could have landed tails. I mean, come on. But nobody seems to care. No one wants to look into it. Originally, the World Health Organization was saying, no, 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 this is, um, it's small, it's contained, it's no big deal. Uh, don't worry about it. They knew China was lying, but they again lied for China. And then now they're up, then they reversed and about a year later and they started looking into it and, um they think well yeah it's maybe maybe it did come from a lab but we can't get China to cooperate with us China They're said not... it originally how about what China said it came from a main lobster did you ever see that one no I didn't.
1: No, I did not see that. I, I, I mm-hmm. didn't, but the, the the World Health Organization is not admitting that it's definitively stopped this. The insiders are saying that it's winding down, and they're blaming China. They're saying that there's no way we can do this without China's cooperation. Remember, in 2021, uh, they did that kind of bogus investigation of the lab and that Chinese were not terribly cooperative. At that point, they said it emerged naturally, Um They said that, you know, these plans that they had to investigate, they just can't do it without it. They can't advance them. Uh, They wanted to include an audit of labs, research institutions, and markets. And China pushed back and said, nope, we're not going to give you access.
0: Yeah, and they destroyed a whole bunch of stuff. My theory is this. Where's my tin hat, Jacob? Oh, there it is. Uh, It's a tin beret, by the way, shirt.
1: Very nice. You have a tin scarf? (laughs)
0: No, No. that'd be too much. We gave $5 million to EcoHealth Alliance. We're not allowed to do gain-of-function research, so we gave it to uh, Fauci from NIH, gave it to his buddy. He then took it, gave it to China. They did gain-of-function research, and they jumped it. They supercharged the virus, and that's what happened. It got out. So now does China say, oh, do you really want the truth? Okay, here's the truth. You, the American taxpayers, paid for this. We screwed up. It got out, and we killed two or three, four million people, even more than that. No one really knows the full number of people that died um, sooner than they should have because of the virus. So there's the story. Now, do you really want the truth? I don't think you do. I don't think you can handle the truth. Write that down. I think it's going to be a catchy catchphrase. That's what I believe happened. And neither one, neither the United States or China, really wants the truth to come out because – it would look bad for both. And if it was from a wet market, by the way, they haven't closed the wet markets in China. So if it did come from a wet market, why do you still have wet markets still selling live animals there? So they don't want you they don't want you to know either one whether it's from the lab with US dollars supporting to create the virus or from a wet market which by the way you can just go down there and get yourself a a bat you eat a bat sandwich.
1: There was a time when you were very much interested in in what the what the real story was about this you you wanted to know you thought we all had a right to know has that diminished or are you do you still think this is a priority for the American people
0: I it's still a priority whether I think it's a priority the government doesn't want you to know because I do I do believe listen they've there are enough bits of information that are coming out you can see the documents. Yes, we gave five million dollars to EcoHealth Alliance. That guy was a friend of Fauci. That money went then went to the lab, and then when Fauci was asked by Ryan Paul, that was that was gain of function. No, technically that's not gain of function. So they would, you know, they kind of move that around. No, you're supercharging this virus to make this virus to jump. Well, no, but you're wrong. You're lying. You know that because you can get he got get you into the weeds pretty quickly. But the connection between the United States and China and this virus, it's best. Everybody look the other way. Don't worry about it. I think the second part of the this story, which I'd love to be able to see somebody dig into, is this thing that happened with Project Veritas. Now, Project Veritas does a lot of stuff where they'll, you know, without having to get your permission to videotape you or audio you audiotape you, um, they will surreptitiously put a camera somewhere nearby we try to play some of their audio sometimes when they try to catch people and lies and stuff but the audio is always so terrible in this case they found this guy that works at pfizer i forget his official title but he works at pfizer he is a doctor and they he's on a date with this guy from project veritas and the guy's got the camera set up next to the little glass i don't know if you've seen this or not you won't find it Mm -hmm. in any of the media none of the media covering it because let's face it this just really really bad so this guy that works for pfizer uh jordan walker
2: exploring like no you know how the virus keeps mutating yeah well, one of the things we're exploring is like why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can probably create i'm new vaccines <laughs> right so you
0: get that so he was saying, you know, we kept saying ourselves, hey, you know, this virus mutates. Why don't we mutate the virus ourselves so we can come out with a vaccine? So create the disease and then create the vaccine. We can make a lot of money. So we have
2: to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so okay. we're like, do we want to do this? <laughs> so that's, like, one of these we're considering. Okay. The
2: so like future, Like, maybe we can, like, create new versions of the vaccines and things like that. Okay, so mm-hmm. Pfizer ultimately... Is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No, that's why it, like. it was a thought that came up at a meeting, and we were like, why? Why do we not? It was like we're going to consider that. We more discussions. Okay, not exactly. Actually, right? we're like, wait a minute, like people will not like that.
0: Isn't that shocking that Pfizer, according to this guy who works for Pfizer, was thinking we'll mutate the virus so that we can come up with a vaccine so we'll know how to cure it? They'll say that people that actually, like Monsanto, that makes a certain type of seed, a corn seed, it's a specific seed. And, oh, by the way, if you plant that seed, the only – um uh fertilizer or the only pesticides that'll work on that seed have to be purchased by Monsanto. So then the thing is we give you the seed, but then no other, uh, uh, no other pesticide will work on it unless you use our pesticide we created the seed we create the uh the thing that helps to keep the seed uh from being destroyed by uh you know insects so it seems very similar we'll create the virus but then at the same time we'll create the vaccine so after this guy gets enough of this stuff from this guy talking about it and then finally james o'keefe walks in there and confronts him right into the restaurant hey there
2: is this seat taken? You work for Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact oh that they're God. mutating the COVID viruses? Is this viruses? real life? I'm literally a yeah. liar. What I was what trying, trying to impress a person on a date What's by lying. At this least, is absurd. don't touch me. Well, this is not, why the way, why don't, are you doing don't this? tell anybody. I was just working at a company to literally tell yeah. the public. You f***ed yeah. up. You really did. Please read the cost. Very unsafe. Can you please can unlock, unlock your door? No, you, no, don't let them leave. Please unlock the door. Give him white. Please unlock. Please unlock the door.
0: Please unlock the door. So they've locked they've locked door. James O'Keefe and his cameraman into the restaurant and then the the pfizer employee goes absolutely nuts calling the police goes over and throws his um ipad down onto the ground he's jumping in front of the guy you could tell he is just like a trap rat in a box because he sat there on this date with this guy and told him a whole bunch of stuff now marco rubio from florida sends a letter to the president of pfizer saying An employee of yours has said that you're involved in gain-of-function research, that you're producing viruses or thinking of producing viruses, so that you can create the vaccines. Nothing has happened. The letter is sent out on the 28th of April. I don't think Marco Rubio has gotten a response to that. Have you seen this story anywhere else? And the question is, if not, why not?
1: I have not. I think part of it is Project Veritas has a – Fairly shady reputation in terms of entrapment and in terms of, of, of getting people to say things or trying to do things in, in sort of nefarious ways. So. In the mainstream media is not going to take them seriously, even though occasionally they get the story right. It's kind of like the National Enquirer. Nobody wants to take them seriously, but let's face it, occasionally they'll break a story that's very big, albeit celebrity stuff, but they'll get it and they'll get it right. You mean so, like
0: Bill Clinton in the dress and Monica Lewinsky, that story?
1: Yeah, something like that. National so
0: Enquirer had that.
1: This, this is one of those... Outlets Project Veritas that you have to uh, consider solidly in the Tucker Carlson right wing whatever category so there that's who's going to cover something like this, and then it sort of comes down to who is this guy? I mean I was looking up trying to figure out did he ever get fired for this even if he even if he's lying I mean he did say. That's what was brought up in a meeting. He didn't say much more than that. He didn't say this is something that's being discussed. This is going to committees. It's being, you know, uh, it's going up the flagpole. Nothing like that. He said it's been talked about in a meeting. So if he's misrepresenting the company on a date, uh, does that really, I mean, d- is there a lot of credibility there? I don't well think he is. also
0: said he also said that we know that women it's having an effect upon women's menstrual uh, That's true. cycles so he was also sort of pointing out some of the other problems that they were having with it my point is the media decides oh we're not going to follow this oh by the way the New York Post they print a whole bunch of crap so that hunter Biden laptops just a bunch of junk but the fact that the senator from Florida sends a letter to the president of Pfizer these are the things you You cannot debate unless you'd like to. Jordan Tristan Walker works for Pfizer. It certainly looks like he does. He's a doctor in research or wherever the department is that he works for. Most of his all social media and LinkedIn has all been scrubbed. So he works for them. He said this on a date. Now, whether he said this to show off or whatever the reason is, you can debate that. But here's a guy telling this other person, listen, these are the sort of stuff. These are the things we're thinking about. That seems like a legitimate story. Now, if ABC had done this or NBC or CBS had gotten some sort of insider stuff or leaked something, then everybody would think, well, that's legitimate. So Project Veritas is often described as, you know, it's these outlandish stuff and they're going to try to catch people in a lie or whatever. They've actually done some pretty good work where they've caught people talking about things that they felt that they were sort of safe to say out loud, whether it was a teacher or a school board member or whoever it is. Listen, when they got um, good old um, Marion Barry, right, that was – wasn't that the FBI and uh, the, the DEA or somebody was in there? Remember that, the surreptitious videotaping of Marion Barry and the B yeah, set they, me up as he smoking they, crack cocaine?
1: Right. They got a woman who was a woman of the night, maybe, and I'm not sure. And they got, they got him in a hotel room and they had video cameras in the hotel room. They were in the other, um, they were, you know, in the other room and they got him. That's a little bit different. That's law enforcement. And this was a guy who was the mayor of a major American city this Project Veritas, you know, I just think that they are so sleazy. And sometimes you'll see what they do, and they'll have – I know somebody who was a victim of Project Veritas. Oh, really? Yes. And Mm -hmm. this person was an attorney general or an assistant attorney general, and the person that set him up was a young woman who was going around looking for – Men that she could talk to about certain now he, he had nothing there was nothing in particular that she wanted to find out from him about his state, but she was on a fishing expedition, and uh-huh. this went on. They went to her hotel room um nothing happened there wasn 't anything scandalous, but she recorded the whole thing and she'd say things to him like, "Tell me a secret about your um your life or tell me something you 're really insecure about about your job." and he'd say well sometimes i don't really know that i'm i know what i'm doing or something and mm-hmm. he thought he was getting to know this woman and and then it became highly edited and that became the headline so uh-huh. I, I i i do i think they're doing the lord's work absolutely not i think what uh-huh. they're doing is they are trying to manipulate things sometimes to get the story that they want and they'll go to any means to get it so mm-hmm. and and oftentimes it's fully out of proportion right i don't think this what this guy said proves really anything did were there menstrual cycle issues yes and that's all been sort of figured out as far as you know over time i guess those things get resolved but that would be true of probably any medication any vaccine the potential for something to be a side effect is always there mm-hmm. so i i just don't think it's that big of a of a deal um mm-hmm.
0: So if an employee working for Pfizer was saying something like, we were thinking about doing this, that doesn't concern you?
1: It would depend Re- on... Regardless,
0: regardless of who has the information and how they got it.
1: Well, it, I mean, he said that got brought up in a meeting, which could have been something as simple as someone saying that. I, I, if he was saying yes, we're considering this. We have the, the the protocols in place. Yeah, that would really concern me. But the fact that he just said it got brought up in a meeting, no, not 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 particularly.
0: Does it bother okay. you that much? I just think there's a whole lot that we don't know about this vaccine. No doubt about and it. Pfizer and FDA and the CDC. I just think there's a lot of stuff that we don't know.
1: And and sometimes they do pick kind of low hanging fruit, right? This guy is not. I mean, yes, he's part of the research team. He's, he is a doctor. He went to Yale. Um, he, but it, it's not like they're talking to the, the president of the company. And, and they do kind of get these people a little liquored up. So, you know, they, they have a little okay. more. Uh, I don't know. I just I, they it gives me a weird feeling.
0: All right. And how about when the Project Veritas has Joe Biden's daughter's uh, diary? That wouldn't bother you.
1: Well, they go with, to James
0: O'Keefe's apartment, come in there early in the morning.
1: Yeah, I mean that's her go in there and diary. Get the, well, what, is right. that, what does that have to do with national security or anything to having to do with anybody? That's a young woman that was struggling with some issues. She wrote a diary, and now they, they're going to peddle it around to see what they can get from it. That's just that's. And just,
0: the FBI FBI comes looking for a diary.
1: Well, yes, the FBI came to look for the diary because it wasn't their property.
0: Ah, okay. Boy, I hope I never have a diary that the FBI wants to see, Sherry. <laughs> Here's, I mean, there's Nate I right think... over there. Huh? Huh? It's just a, lot just a, of, yeah, a lot of yeah, stuff in there about you. A lot of stuff in there about you. Other band name ideas? That yeah, all, right, all right, now. Jerry, I mentioned Bucky's? I hear you over there talking about Cairo News. How about Bucky's? The Bucky's, the 16 locations in 52 years. That's a good long time to be around fixing cars. They do their Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Center. Swing on in, say hi to the guys and gals. Have yourself a hot cup of coffee and um, read an old Popular Mechanics magazine. All right, we have a limited amount of time to talk about a very very fascinating topic. So it seems like well, streaming is uh, it's going to it's predicted to I think it's already topped traditional TV viewing now more people watching streaming content than television and um this is just going to continue as it seems like streaming outfits continue to produce better quality than your network television and that's the place to go so more people are watching plus there's just more competition uh, eroding and moving away from you know your primary sources which you used to have NBC ABC CBS and Fox
1: so uh, Netflix and YouTube are neck and neck when it comes ah. to digital video audiences. Uh, you're right. More people are watching streaming than they're watching traditional TV. Um, the average is about 33 minutes a day, which seemed really low to me. They say the thing to watch, though, John, is TikTok versus Netflix. That's mm-hmm. going to be a major trend to watch for next year. And Twitter, a little bit, but Twitter is not really a video uh, platform. It's something that people go to, but they don't necessarily watch a lot of video on it. So right. because people are turning to TikTok, not necessarily for long-form programming, but for a lot of video. Well, I don't watch, t- Twitter but-
0: is, Twitter is trying to get people to produce stuff. <laughs> Um, like they produce stuff on TikTok, the president of TikTok or whoever that is, is coming into, uh, called into some committee or something. They're going to be asking a bunch of tough questions as to, you know, how much of this information and what part of it goes to China. Does the government control it? What are they doing with all the data? They're going to be put on the hot seat in a couple of weeks when they bring them in there. They'd like to get rid of Twitter. I know a bunch of different states have said if you are an employee of this state, you cannot have a Twitter or you can't have a TikTok account.
1: Right. You can't have it on your state phone. They don't want you. Yes. To, it's too much of a distraction, first of all. So, And also they're concerned about because it's it's a Chinese company.
0: Yeah. And then the other one is the fact that uh, how the number of podcasts that are out there, whether the podcasts work or don't work. I've got the total number of podcasts that are still available, and they've done studies to see how many of them fail, when they fail, how often they fail, how often they're being produced. It's still producing just as many podcasts. I think it was up to like... I don't know, 860-some thousand a couple of years ago. Are they still, is that the other number that's on there? Is people still pumping out podcasts? Well,
1: podcast downloads are up 20%. So people are definitely oh, listening to podcasts. But, but they are not spending as much money to produce them. So Sp- Spotify spent about a billion dollars acquiring production companies and signing all these celebrities. So they paid these mm-hmm. celebrities a ton of money just to be big names. Well, not all of them have really paid off. What they were hoping for was they were hoping that they would be able to get subscriptions from people. So it wouldn't be that you would get the, the content for free. You would get, you would have to pay for a subscription to listen to your favorite podcast. That didn't really take off. And the other no. thing that they were trying to do was the intellectual property. So they thought that they could develop these podcasts and somehow Hollywood would take notice and want to develop some kind of other project around these podcasts. And that hasn't happened either. Mm-hmm. So they're starting to lay off people. Um, the, um, Spotify reduced their podcast staff for the third time in five months. Um, they didn't renew, uh, the, um, Michelle Obama or the whole thing from higher ground productions, which is the Michelle Obama podcast along mm-hmm. with, I didn't know this existed. The Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen podcast.
0: Oh God. <laughs> I watched that. Oy, oy, oy. They need help from the podcast doctor. Let's see. Cause people are like, Oh, you do a podcast. It's a radio show. Oh, it's a podcast. I've given up being insulted by that. So let's see if we are doing anything wrong.
2: There are many reasons why podcasts may fail. Here okay. are a few potential reasons.
0: I uh, Have a bell if you think, uh, Andrew, you think this applies to this show. okay? Lack
2: of focus or clear direction. Without a clear <laughs> yep. focus or direction, it can be difficult for a podcast to build a dedicated audience. <laughs> poor production quality, poor audio quality, lack of editing, or unprofessional presentation can turn listeners off. That's on off. you.
0: Inaccurate or
2: misleading content. Factually okay, inaccurate awesome. or misleading content can erode trust and cause listeners to lose interest. Give us Lack a of promotion. There, Without proper promotion, oh it can boy, be difficult no for a I'm podcast to attract way. new listeners and grow its audience. Yeah. Competition. There are many Ugh. podcasts available, and competition yeah. for listeners can be fierce. Oh, the men's it can room. be difficult yeah. for a new podcast to stand out and attract a large audience. Uh-huh. Burnout. Creating yeah. a podcast can be time-consuming and demanding, and it's not yeah. uncommon for podcasters to burn out and lose motivation after a while. That's Lack unsherry. of monetization. Many podcasts struggle to monetize their content, which can make it difficult to sustain the show over the long term. Have I In mentioned my personal experience, there? podcasters fail because they are overwhelmed by the amount of work it takes to produce their podcast. <laughs> the general conception is to just grab a microphone and start talking and boom, you're famous.
0: What? It
2: doesn't work that way.
0: Really? <laughs> it doesn't? Wait a
1: minute. You didn't tell Holy
0: me that. I, I grab a microphone and boom. Yeah. Here's, this guy's been doing podcasts since 2014. Listen to this. Hello. Welcome to the Craft Hot Sauce Podcast. This is your host, Brian. And we're bringing you an episode with Sarah Marshall of Marshall's Hot Sauce in Portland, Oregon. So when I started this podcast and website in 2014, uh, Marshall's hot Sauce was on my radio. This guy does podcast shows about hot sauces. No, it's hot Sauce, John. It's hot sauce, sauce. Not Hot Sauce. Well, I think it's
1: probably hot, like, haute couture, like he's saying it wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh, I see.
0: Yeah, since 2014, this guy's been slaving away at the podcast world and it's still working for him as he talks to various... Hot, hot sauce producers. <laughs> oh, I was seeing what they were up to making craft hot sauces um, with very unique flavors, lots of seasonal things, and just get getting oh inspiration from what is available to them. So I was super excited oh. to learn more about Sarah's background, why she's been doing what she's been doing for more than 10 years. Jacob, get us on this guy's show. <laughs> do you? Uh, do you have a uh, hot sauce that you've made? Um, you think hot sauce? <laughs> that hot sauce is just the that particular episode. Oh, okay, okay. Sherry can fake that. Sherry can fake. That. You're yeah. into cooking, aren't you? No,
1: no, I'm not even a little bit. But I could fake it. <laughs> oh, I, a, yeah, I can
0: fake it. I don't know why this out. reminded me, but we never found out what did Sherry, Did Trevor get you something, Sherry? Yeah, or, yeah, no, yeah. What happened saying? there? We're talking about focus.
1: okay so quickly trevor is a wrestling coach at a at a school and he came home last night and he had won the big wrestling tournament and won coach of the year and he apologized and said that he meant to stop and get me something but i guess it was you know but that was my gift he won this big (laughs) award
0: (laughs) did he bring home mercer so he brought you case of mercer Mersa, Mercer, Mercer. Mer- you mean Mersa? <laughs> I yes. pronounce it just like I, have, I pronounce. I have, it. have a, oh, I have it a sauce.
1: really, a really adorable and romantic case of ringworm from the man. That's right, yeah. And Annie right. let me wear his singlet,
0: <laughs> and then he gave you some cauliflower ears. All right, so that's the extent of all everything we know about wrestling. Shambu. All right, uh, listen. <laughs> Good God. When you heard all the things that go wrong in a podcast, it, it hurt, everyone. didn't it?
1: It was, it was so familiar that it just was, wow. How did he know? How did he know it does? Andrew broke the bell.
0: ay yeah, ay we go. You're writing Joseph, us at MyNorthWest.com. You're coming into that state roofing text line at 1 888 973 5476. All right. Let's see. The um, There's a fun piece that doesn't really work very well on radio, but it's somebody took a picture from near the back of the plane, and they've got the uh, little TV sets on the backs of everybody's seats there on the plane, and every single television set is tuned to The Big Game, except for. So said, one, one guy not watching the big game, Sherry. One guy.
1: He was not only not watching the game, he was watching an old movie called Hitch. And it went viral when someone uh, snapped a picture of it and, and posted it. This is what Barstool Sports said. Uh, they mm. said, this guy... This isn't a guy who simply wanted to watch Hitch last night. I imagine this person has seen the 2005 film at some point before. This guy wanted to send a message. He wants everyone on that plane to know he views himself as superior, as a superior being because he would never possibly engage in any activity as lowly as watching the big game. Mm. And it says, aside from the fact this dude is just the biggest loser, I guess I'd ask why such an intellectual is flying what appears to be JetBlue. Surely this higher (laughs) caliber of human should be flying first class or at least on an airline that has first class. Trying to flex him from the cabin of a JetBlue flight is maybe the best self-own I've ever seen. So he took a lot of criticism for being the odd man out on this particular activity.
0: I didn't watch the Super Bowl um, last year and the last couple of years. I would often volunteer. I used, volunteered a couple of times at Union Gospel Mission because I just didn't care about the Super Bowl, and I knew they had trouble getting volunteers, so I would go in there. And it was really interesting because I, I did remember, I remember standing there one time washing dishes, and I, and I think the Eagles were playing in it this one year. And I said to the guy, what's the, what's the score? What's the score? And he said, uh, score to what? And I said, the big game the Eagles playing. Uh, what? They, um, you know, the game. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not aware of that. And he wasn't trying to be, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I, I don't own a television set sort of guy. He, uh, area died at all. He just was just not tuned in at all to the fact that a hundred million people were all huddled in somebody's rec room or something eating snacks and seven-layer dip, watching football. It just was not part of his, not at all on his um, radar screen. And, and most of the people that were all there just had not one slight ironic <laughs> bit of response to who's winning. It was really interesting. And the, the really nice people, Just they just didn't know
1: somebody brought up that he could be watching this game and glance over at any one of the hundreds of other little TV sets that were on mm-hmm. and take a look at the game if he wanted to. He didn't necessarily have to have it on his screen. And oh boy, what if, what if this, what if the guy just wasn't into sports? Oh <gasps> No. It happened. <laughs>
0: Did you watch the big game, Andrew? Not a single second of it. All right. See, okay. Jacob, I I watched some of it. And why, Andrew, did you decide not to watch? Well, I had other things. I had other things to do. That day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was. Okay. I got. Jilly. I got stuff to work on. I got. I, I got. Okay. Don't get all defensive again. All right. I know Nate did. Yes, Nate. I did. Yeah. There you go.